1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 343 of the, no, no, I'm, I'm giving myself 100 episodes, uh, 243 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked! Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host Jason Venable and I'm joined once again by the transcendent Georgie. Hey Georgie.
0: I'm happy to be here, 100 episodes in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It was like a record skip. I skipped back. (laughs) (laughs) So it's time to talk about Resurrection Weeks 12 and 13. Another double dip episode. And noticeably lacking is uh, Dan Cole from the Intercomics Podcast. And um what kind of turned out to be a little bit of a digital final destination. (laughs) Um, Because I couldn't record last week. Um, initially, because I had um, some family stuff I had to take care of, um, and then I could again. But uh, of course, Dan had already made plans, understandably, and so we we're like, "Oh, we'll just wait another week. No big deal." But I guess because he wasn't supposed to be on that uh, on the episode, like he'd already sent me like tweets about all the issues and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, well, I, I left out a part." So me and Georgie decided we were recording without him, but then I couldn't anyway, so we nixed the whole thing. But at that point, Dan had already sent me stuff. I'm like, oh, great. We'll just wait until this week. But the internet god said, no, you already sent your reviews. You will not participate. And they shut him down.
0: <laughs> life's a bitch.
1: Yeah, it can be. It can be. <laughs> What'd you say? I don't think that picked up on Mike. But when you said life's a bitch, uh, uh, my echo dot said, thanks for the feedback.
0: <laughs> it's a review show. What do you want?
1: right? Exactly. <laughs> and that is Georgie's Review of Life <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, so unfortunately, um, internet problems uh, kept him, but he sent us some great thoughts, and we will read them as we go. But we have several books to kind of talk about in these last two weeks. Um, yeah, but Georgie, how you doing? How's everything going your way?
0: I'm doing good. I uh I saw the new Spider Man movie last night.
1: Ah, how was it?
0: A lot of fun, very funny.
1: That's um
0: cool. a lot of good stuff in there. It's there's a couple things that I think it gets wrong, but I like it was really I had a really fun time. I, I think I enjoyed it more than Guardians and more than Wonder Woman. So. Oh wow,
1: okay. Well I enjoyed Guardians a lot. I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. I'll probably see Spider-Man beforehand, just because I think all three of us really want to see Wonder Woman together, so that'll take a little more right. planning, but um, since I got ditched on the initial Guardians run, I can probably sneak out with Ethan for Spider-Man, <laughs> and then yeah. he Denise can catch up to it later, but, um,
0: but yeah. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll really like it. It's uh, yeah. It's got a nice, youthful vibe to it. That's cool. All right.
1: Awesome. Well, Resurrection, Um, I guess let's start off with the Totally Awesome Hulk number 20, which is part two of our WMD storyline. This is, they streamlined the banner. It's just Weapons of Mutant Destruction this time, and just has the little uh, caution, it's not really a caution tape, it's like the construction little roadblock things, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's
0: Uh, the kind of tape you'd see. If you're playing like uh, a gun shooter at the arcade, and the boss came up and they put that, that tape across the screen, like "warning, warning."
1: Yeah, yeah. So I guess it is kind of based on the caution thing, um, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, this is written by Greg Pak, art by Robert Gill, colors by Nolan Woodard. I like him. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And Josephino, who I feel like I should give him a woohoo too. I don't want to. What? No one wants to be left out, right? Um. <laughs> And our cover is by Stonehouse. And that's not the same one-named artist that did the other cover, right?
0: I don't remember, to be honest. I think it was
1: like Scrawl or Scrawl or... Anyway, scroll. it was a scroll. But uh, this guy is Stonehouse. Maybe it was the same guy. I don't know. Uh, it does look like the same guy. It probably was. <laughs> um, Are they
0: like, hiring people with just one name now? Like, yeah. Like, Can we get like Sting to do the next cover? Oh,
1: man. I would love for Sting to do a cover. I, mean, I, I probably just... he paints. Does he? Yeah, I think so. Okay. We'll all be in that kind of uh, old Eastern drawing like the Kama Sutra book.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: is that his art style?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just Amadeus children and a bunch of different Kama Sutra books. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I call this the Hulk out. <laughs>
0: oh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, anyway, Stonehouse on this cover, while we're waiting for um, the sting cover, is um, it's another guy getting Hulk weapon X inside a test tube. And this time, the doctors are very constern, consternation-looking, and they're all got their arms crossed, and they're scowling, and their hands are in their pockets, and the guy in the test tube is obviously in pain, as he is both being turned into a Hulk and being laced with adamantium yeah I mean it's a, it's a fairly good cover. What did you think, Georgie?
0: Yeah, I think it looks I mean uh, it's as good as the previous cover this guy did. um I have this it, sometimes it, it's sort of in an uncanny valley uh, piece to me a little bit where they look a little bit too real but but not real sort of a a take on everything right yeah, but it I think it works for what's going on. my my only question here is, like, who is inside the tank there? Because the haircut looks a little bit like Amadeus' Joe?
1: <laughs> it does, but it's not, right? It's the, right. It's the guy from the story, I would assume. But, right, right. But yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they're trying to kind of tie it together, since it is, you know, Amadeus's book. So maybe they're trying to get you like, oh, yeah, what's going on? I don't know. But, um,
0: maybe with the hint. He's going to get adamantium. It's going
1: to happen. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> That would not be the right turn for this story. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Georgie, besides polar bears, what happens in this book?
0: Uh, there's some people on the beach, and my, my apologies, but uh, um, I haven't read this in like two weeks, so oh, that's fine, know, yeah. I'm fresh. But there's a guy with like a Zorro mask on, uh, <laughs> on the beach, fighting off polar bears. Right. And his name is Jorge, so it's like another kid. Like really? They keep trying to squeeze my name into all these issues. This is awesome. (laughs) Um, And he takes out the polar bears with like this nice upper, like double-fisted uppercut. Yeah. I never thought that was a possible move, but that looks pretty (laughs) awesome. (laughs) But uh, then he's taken out by one of the, I don't What are we calling these things?
1: Uh, Weapon X Terminators? I don't
0: know. Yep. And, and he's, he's, he's taken out Like he's just killed And there's two guys Watching on the uh, monitor Betting burritos On the outcome
1: <laughs> Until they get busted By Reverend Stryker
0: Right Yeah yeah. You
1: know, for, for cheesing on the job And then uh, <laughs> Dr. Jessica Alba Shows up And they all argue um, And then Then what happens After
0: that You know She has the Ever-changing face Like she never looks The same in any panel She's in
1: yeah, and it's not even artist-to-artist. Artist. You're right. It's panel-to-panel no. panel across the artist. <laughs> Maybe right. she has, like, a mutant shifting power, or, like, flash face or something where no one can see her clearly. I don't know.
0: Have you ever read the book or seen the movie of, of The Scanner Darkly?
1: I have seen the movie, yes.
0: You no, know, he has that suit that has, like, a million different Images of people that flashes all like yeah. over the place so no one really knows what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I think she has she has something like that for her face. Just okay. some mask that's just like always changing.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: But uh, those the, the two scientists get reprimanded. And then we're on over to Ohio.
1: Yay, back in Ohio.
0: Oh, lots of lots of stuff to do in Youngstown. <laughs> So, um, what's what's really fun about this issue is more Amadeus Cho and, and Lady D hanging out.
1: Yeah, definitely the highlight, I thought. And of course, old man Logan's team and his beach are er, <laughs> his team are on the beach investigating the murder. I think that Warpath, like everyone else, is kind of maybe similarly costume, but Warpath just straight up pulled his Weapon X costume out of the drawer and put it on.
0: Yes. Everyone else is in street clothes except for Warpath.
1: <laughs> anyway, they're on the beach trying to clear things up and uh, Amadeus and Lady Deathstrike have an argument about just kind of the situation and whether you should kill people or not. Um, they're trying to track down this, this religious cult that is anti-mutant. They find a quaint little church. I don't really I like the drawing of that church. It's kind of on the hillside, yeah. the sunset. It was really nice.
0: Yep, and they go in, and they're looking around, and then they find some weird drawing of of a weird, not a weird, but it looks like a, a hulked-out nightcrawler
1: getting <laughs> With devil horns, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's in you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What was that, um, what was that, um, it was in that magazine that had Trump on the cover, but it had a word behind him, but the word, put like devil horns on his head, that was, reminds me of.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they find out that people at that church are anti-mutants, and, uh, they're trying to interrogate this, this female, is this is a female priest?
1: what it looks like, yeah.
0: So obviously she's not a Catholic. No. I don't I don't know. Other female priests?
1: Yeah, yeah, diff- like Anglicans or Presbyterians.
0: Okay. Yeah. And Lady D can't can't handle this like being subtle, so then she just whips out her her, her claw fingers.
1: Yeah. With a double snicked.
0: There you go. Snick snicked. Have they used a snick with her before?
1: Yeah, yeah they have. Yeah, it's it's pretty standard.
0: And then Amadeus reveals that they're trying to find this this kid who they they think is being um, recruited to join the Weapon Hulk um, experiments. And then we're back into the laboratory and they're trying the formula on a new dude. And they're going over the process of what they've made changes to and how they feel like this time it's going to work. Um, And it really looks like it's starting to work, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. But then poor guy starts bubbling and dissolving.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And their explanation was he hulked out too much. He ripped his muscles off of his bones.
1: (laughs) Yeah, something like that.
0: Which was kind of crazy to hear.
1: Right. Uh, So did uh i guess to do to, to totally awesome amadeus and lady death strike they have a blackbird or something because they seem I, to very quickly get from youngstown ohio to longview texas
0: they he must have some kind of ship right
1: oh yeah he's got that Hulk plane he's been flying around that's right i forgot about uh-huh. that never mind
0: Actually, that's a that's a long bus
1: ride yeah buddy.
0: <laughs> oh geez So then they are waiting outside of a bus stop for, what's this kid's name again?
1: Uh, Zeke, right? Zeke. Isn't that right? Or is that someone else?
0: Mm, Does it matter?
1: No, not really.
0: (laughs) All right, so they're waiting for Zeke, and Amadeus pretends that he hates mutants as well. And then they they try to bond over that. And then he's like, actually, no, I don't don't hate mutants. I'm the Hulk. (laughs)
1: Like, I don't fa-
0: know I just did that.
1: Right. My sense. favorite <laughs> My favorite part of that is when he's like, You really think like, the whole time when he Death Strikes in the background, like gritting our teeth and their f- fist fists clenched and he's like I hate you guys
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yes, I'm I, with you. I'm not sure what his what his goal was here.
0: Yeah. He should have like stayed in character and like until they had Got this this kid, or try a whole different tactic. But like, hey, I'm a racist too. Actually, I'm not. Let's be friends. <laughs> Isn't really enough, gonna...
1: <laughs>
0: right? I don't get it.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, the kid doesn't want anything to do with it, so he hulks out. To say I'm it's not it. a mutant.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I don't. Oh yeah, that's right. I always feel like this panel of, of Hulk getting stabbed in the neck was Lady D, but it's it's this other dude who's, like, hulked out with armor.
1: Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it looks... looks
0: like they're getting closer to what they want to make then, huh?
1: Yeah, it looks like I get it. Um, design is not too far off from, uh, you remember that old Planet Hulk design?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking.
1: But yeah, so we got a big bad dude with... Um, He's Hulk adamantium bones got the claws, got some short metal shoulder pads and stuff. And they go to town. Deathstrike goes to town. They try to catch the kid. Deathstrike's just gonna kill him, but Hulk or Amadeus grabs her and she cuts him for for the favor. <laughs> and then oh um, yeah, <laughs> and he says, "We're gonna save that kid. I'm still the strongest one there is." And a uh, different face girl says, not for long.
0: So I feel like we're hinting at Amadeus really, like, tapping into his anger a little bit more and more.
1: Yes. I think that's where this story's going.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is, Which is interesting.
1: Yeah, I hope they don't go too dark on him. Because then you're just back to regular Hulk.
0: Right. <laughs> no, know? but I think it's, it's cool for, like, to explore. Yes, definitely. Yeah.
1: So what do you think overall? Overall, I enjoyed it. I like uh, Mr. Gill's art. I enjoyed him the last time we had him, too. Um, mm-hmm. And I love... I, I think Nolan Woodard is a great color. So I, I thought he brought a lot of nice life to the book. Um, I'm with you. I think the the kind of the buddy, not buddy part of um, Amadeus and Lady Deathstrike is the highlight of the this story so far. Um, right. I also like kind of the the bait and switch on the priest, you know, they go to the church where they found flyers for this cult, but she's like, Oh no, they, they were meeting here, but I didn't like what they were doing. So I kicked them out <laughs> you know? yeah. and how her and death kind of had the same point of view that like, you know, can't do too much in the name of God because you know, you don't really know. Right. Um, uh-huh. So I, I thought that was kind of a nice and interesting and, and more subtle than we might otherwise get sometimes. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, overall, I enjoyed it what, what about you
0: yeah it's a it's a fun issue uh, as far as the artwork goes, I wouldn't say uh these pencils are really my style uh not that they're bad, just not not what something I prefer, but I do think the coloring really like brings out the artwork in this issue yes uh, you mentioned uh so it was an enjoyable read, not that like a whole lot really happened here, it right. still feels like. Set up, or maybe we should start moving forward. But enjoyable.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Well, before we rate it, let me. Uh, let's read what Dan had to say. Do we have to? Yeah, yeah, we have to. We're gonna pretend he's here with us. Um, <laughs> so he said this issue showed off Amadeus's heart and mind. The interplay between Amadeus and D is by far the best part of the book. So he's right there with us. Um, he said, the story moves forward slowly, but this was more of a character piece. The art was somber, the muted colors seemed to go hand-in-hand hand with the realism, quote-unquote, of the setting, pace, and intent of the issue. A strong character-driven issue but treading water in the story, and he gave it four out of six claws. And I'm, I'm pretty much right there with him. Um, even down to the claw rating, I was also right around four out of six what about you georgie
0: yeah i think i'd have to agree um i feel like i enjoyed this a little bit more the first time i think that happens to me a lot to read a comic second time and not quite as impressed but (laughs) and it's not like four it sounds you know just slightly above average but i don't feel like this is like overall only a slightly above average book i think it is it's brought down to a four for me as well, just because it is sort of treading water here for a minute, and, and that's a little disappointing. I was looking forward to progressing a little bit further, but, but still enjoyable. I'm still looking forward to the next book.: Yeah,
1: yeah, me too, and I would definitely recommend it. So, so definitely don't take a, a four as, as like, ah, oh, shove off, I like, guess is really good. Right. So really solid. Definitely. Cool. Well, let's move on to X-Men Blue, number six. Um, written by Colin Bunn, with art by Ray Anthony Height and Raymond Box. Or probably Ramon Box. Probably more accurate. Um, inked by Martin Daring and Terry Pallet. Colors by Irma Navia, maybe? Um, letters by V.C. Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Arthur Adams and Peter Stegenwald. I've really been enjoying these covers, by Art Adams. This one feels just a little off to me. Um, but it's basically uh, what my new favorite name is, is Blondarine, and he's, right. <laughs> he's flanked by Beast and Jean Grey, and they're surrounded by an angry, madripoor mob with all kinds of street gang weapons of the non-gun variety. Even down to a guy with a flathead screwdriver. Oh, really? Where's the threaded screwdriver? Um, all right, so if you go to Blonderine, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, like he's stabbing
1: with it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm an On Adams fan. This one, and I, my, it, it's gonna be weird. because my favorite thing about this cover is the beast's feet and flip flops.
0: Oh yeah, those are great.
1: Yeah, everything else, I don't know. Like, like James, AKA Blonderine, just doesn't really look quite right to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on like is this proportion this off? It's just an overall kind of offness to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and Jean is just kind of hanging out with her boobs, but um.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I, I kind of like what they're going with the uh, Jean's still a child and doesn't know what's happening. Look, but right? some, sort of overly centralised, like naive thing going as well. It's I All don't right. know what to think.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it's just an okay cover, I guess is where we'll we'll land on it. Um, all right, sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to remember Bruce, what happened.
0: I'm, I'm seeing a whole bunch of more screwdrivers now that I'm looking for them. Oh really? I, okay. I think uh, I'm
1: on two more screwdrivers. Oh, okay. I seen the guy in the or no, I guess that's a girl in a skull tank top has one. The girl in the blue. Oh yeah, blue. With the blue hair. Okay. All right. Well, they must have had a screwdriver so in, in Madripoor at the game yeah. store. <laughs> You only have one guy with the the baseball bat with nails in it.
0: Baseball bat? with Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Everyone else has your typical like chains and pipes. You have a couple of guys with bow staffs. Um,
0: yeah. Crowbars. Yeah.
1: Crowbars. That one guy has a huge, like a Hulk-sized crowbar.
0: Yes, he does.
1: <laughs> That's big. He looks
0: like he looks like, J, like J. Jonah Jameson on steroids.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um. Oh, I just realized, besides the fact that Art Adams put his signature on the back of a guy's shirt, um, there's a theme here. I didn't really catch that. The, the, I guess this is the Gang of Fours.
0: I'm not following.
1: All right, so if you look at the center guy who has a backwards hat with the dime, uh, Chinese dragon on it, mm-hmm. on his back of his shirt, there's a big four with a little S engulfed in flames. And if you scan the crowd, you see that about six more times.
0: Right, I saw that, but I wasn't sure if it was a U or what that was, to be honest.
1: Uh, I didn't either until I saw the last guy. And mm. it, it looks like a four, or maybe the H's, maybe it's the H's.
0: but The H's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in Japanese, H means to, uh, sex.
1: So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, no, it oh, okay. really does. Okay, so this is a sexy gang. <laughs> well, that makes this whole scene a little bit more ominous. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh, man. Those screwdrivers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, moving on from the raping cover, um, <laughs> let's, we get into Magiport where our X Men blue team is staying. And Marvel Girl is marvelously bored. She's looking out her window at some fireworks. There's some kind of parade and celebration going on outside. I do like the continuity of Jean just hanging out in her pajama pants. That's been kind of consistent Uh all the way back to All New X-Men when she first came back. Um, So She's going to try to find someone to go have some fun with, but Scott's busy in the danger room um, being uptight so he can truly grow into his older self. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, oh, so then she goes down to Plan B where Jimmy Hudson's playing pool and Beach is reading and they have a... He's, like, super awkward. Like, like why are you talking to me kind of thing. Um, yeah. But then they end up all going out, and there's some crowd work, and they kind of go through the crowds. Um, you know, I have to
0: jump in because the artwork at, at the beginning was like, okay, this is a different style. Let's see if I, I get used to it. But the more pages we go through, the more I feel like how, like, scatter shot and and like un unconsistent but all the faces like morph and alter and feel awkward and then when they go to the festival it's just like a hodgepodge of of like color up on the page yeah yeah, yeah I, this is the new artist for this book right
1: uh, they did the last issue as well really yeah
0: yeah I'm not enjoying this
1: no I, I'm not either um, All right. <laughs> I, I thought it was a little better last time but this time it's just its just a straight up mess yeah. um, so they're wandering around the street having fun doing karaoke stuff Jimmy's having a hard time cutting loose he doesn't really know what to do we find out he doesn't have any memories just like his old man used to not have memories um, but he smells some MGH it's a deal going down in the street with a little test tube and he doesn't know why but he recognizes the scent so he's super curious and um, he's about to bust it up. But someone else bust it up instead. There's a little robot scorpion monster. And um, then some, like, anti-heroes show up.
0: And they're <laughs> and, all, like, ninjas.
1: Yeah, they're all ninjas. Some of them have eye patches on. And they bust up the deal. Bust up the gang. They're going to kill them. But Jimmy stops them and says, we can't kill them. And they're like, want to bet? And so then they fight. But then uh, Gene and... Hank show up, and they all fight some more. And it turns out... uh, We did get a snicked. I should point that out. Me and the podcast and get a snicked. Um, Turns out that these guys are underground mutants who are kind of operating under the memory of Patch, which, of course, was Wolverine back when he used to hang out in Madripoor. Um, And and Gene's like, oh, that's his dad, kind of. Sort of. And... Then there's a brief one like, remember who else we've been fighting? <laughs> <laughs> As we see um, uh, Bastion. And who's the girl in red with the heart and I the jaw? I don't
0: know.
1: Oh, oh that's, the, uh, that's the Goblin Queen, maybe. I don't know. Because mm. they fought her once. And then uh, Mrs. Sinister and Emma Frost. So
0: hold on a second. The Goblin Queen, whoever that is, Just look in the room. Like, it looks like a a, a room. science, right?
1: Yeah, okay. But then there's
0: the heart in, like, the thing. Is that Beast's room?
1: Oh, it is. It's got to be, doesn't it? Right. So this is just, I guess, the mysterious person behind Beast's magic, which could also still be the Goblin Queen, right? Because that's where he got his magic from um, in the last little bit of All-New X-Men. Um so yeah, that's, I guess she's, she's lurking in his dorm room like a creeper.
0: Um, and we found out he didn't eat the heart. He saved it.
1: Yeah, he put it in a jar. Doesn't mean he's not going to eat it later. He just <laughs> just didn't eat it right away. <laughs> and then, randomly, uh, these mutants talk about how they're trying to protect Madripoor, Um and Gene's like, can you teach us how to be ninjas? The end.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, Um, I thought the art was pretty terrible. I'm not not gonna mince words. It's too bad because you know we've been really high on this book. The last couple have not been as good. But what do you think of the story?
0: I was, you know, to be honest, you know, comics is such a visual medium that it's hard to like pull yourself away from the,
1: the, Mm -hmm. the artwork sometimes. Yeah,
0: and for this one, I just I couldn't get into it. Because I couldn't get past the artwork. Right. I was I did I don't care about Blondarine, really. And <laughs> they don't feel really interested in giving me enough to care about him.
1: Right. That's fair. So
0: I was just reading this to finish it.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did I I thought it was a little bit interesting, and this is just the old school Wolverine fan in me. Um the idea that they were kind of like wearing the eye patch in his honor and doing this in his honor. Because we've had stories in the past where we've had poor villains who were like had to step up because you were you know, kind of the argument of you were supposed to be our protector and you kept leaving, you know, because was off doing X Men stuff as well. And so while you were gone, you know, poor fell to crap. And so with, this is kind of the the opposite of that where they are kind of carrying on for the good things they remember. And so I, I thought that was kind of cool, but that's not really a story element. It's just kind of what I read between the lines. Right. <laughs> and so... <laughs> that's
0: so true.
1: So with that said, um, I was just very meh on this book. Um, yeah. Cool. Let's see, what, let's see what Dan had to say about X-Men Blue number six. Yeah. Um, He says, the X-Men take the day off to party and the title dips in quality. The art is messy and the panels are overcrowded. It's depicting a big street party, but it's too messy to capture the vibrancy. Oh, hey, buddy. The characters are quite frankly ugly in places. The script has pointless thought bubbles and treads too lightly. Content with teases to future mysteries as opposed to telling an engaging tale. And he thought the magic poor Morlocks, as he called them, were dull. And he gave this book two out of six claws. So where are you, Georgie?
0: I, I feel like Dan just a little bit more eloquently put what <laughs> we were trying to explain a minute ago. Yeah. I think uh, the good thing with, with Dan's comments is he's a little bit detached from the book. Right. And we're, write, we're writing the shit of it, so it's hard to think straight. <laughs> I I agree mostly with Dan. Like, the artwork is just... I don't really see anything redeeming about this artwork at all. Like character models change from panel to panel. There's one panel where Jean looks like uh, Daphne from Scooby Doo. <laughs> then she'll look like some like bad artwork from a '90s MTV music video. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't get past any any of this, and I don't understand the how the coloring. It's just. It doesn't work on on any level, right. and the story was quite boring as we went through. I'm I'm with Dan. I'm at a two. I don't think it's like. Is there a zero?
1: Yeah, you can get a zero.
0: You know, I might go down to like a one on this. Honestly, <laughs> I think okay. give it a one. Yeah.
1: I right. I I struggled between a two and a three. Um. I didn't mind like the whole like the idea that. MGH and them trying to break that up. It does seem a little, I guess, overdone. Um. Jeez. I guess. I'll go. I'll go two out of six as well. Um. Which is too bad. I hope this is. Not where this book is going. Because it started off so good, right? The first four issues were amazing. And then. now well, the last two has been kind of. Eh.
0: Right? I feel like it's it's really taking a dip for some reason.
1: But a lot of it is the art, and I just don't... Right. I, just, I don't understand. I, I guess I've always kind of struggled with this. Um, seems to me, like, I know you have to have fill-ins, right? Right. But it seems to me, and maybe it's just me looking back through nostalgic rose-colored glasses. But, you know, you take a look at, like, when I was growing up, you my like Tom McFarlane, Spider-Man, right? Uh-huh. Great artist, great story. Oh, he needs a week off or a month off or whatever. They do a fill-in. You know, the fill-in was you know, Eric Larson. <laughs> and you know, right. some people don't like him, but at least it's still like equally as dynamic. Similar in style. Um, you know, he was kind of on the up and coming at that point. And you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be a fill-in artist status for very long, right? And um, it seems to me that this kind of quality of feeling and artist should be reserved for books that they don't care as much about. And so if that's kind of how they're approaching the X books and that bothers me, um, I've been the same, I've been kind of the same struggle with all new Wolverine and that I think writing wise, it's one of the best books on the shelf and they just can't find the right consistent artist ever since Lopez left. It's just been really up and down and I know I know a lot of people like Kirk a lot more than I do, and that's fine. But um, I don't know, I just feel like when you have a book that is really just really clicking on the writing, you should have, like, your A-game artist working on that book. And I think they meant, too, like, Blue started off with really great art, and I, I know in today's comics industry people have to take more breaks, right? That's just how it works, and it takes longer for them to draw pages and stuff, and that's fine. But you would think that just, you know, we took a week off this past week, Guardians of the Galaxy. The fill-in artist was Chris Samney, <laughs> right? Like, oh, jeez. And right? that's awesome, because, you know, he doesn't have a regular I'm book to yet. Main artist. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I don't know. It's just so that when you, when you hear that, and Guardians, oh, okay. right, should be like a top level book, but I think X Men Blue should be too. So you're feeling artist shouldn't be, you know, Jobber One and Jobber Two, and especially if you're gonna have two guys doing it, that's just really I don't know. It just yeah. it's disappointing.
0: Jason, I think you, you hit on on something that I think all the X fans have been feeling for a while is that these are like B tier books now. Um, right. They they don't really want to promote them for. Uh, obviously it's for you know cross-media reasons. They want their movie characters and the characters they have licenses to to be more popular and be more well-known. So they're going to put their high-quality staff on those books. That's why you're going to get fill-in, fill-in artist Chris Sammy <laughs> on Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. You're going to get you know, webcomic, web second-year webcomic artist on, on this X-Book. You know what I mean? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I think there's probably some shade to that.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. Well, hopefully X-Men Blue can pick back up. Because I still I think Colin Bun has good ideas. And I want to see them come to fruition. And more importantly, I want to see them look good. Right, that's the point of yes. buying comic books. If I wanted to just see his writings on paper, I'd buy a book. <laughs> Which I do that, too. No. But that's not what we're talking about.
0: Well, when, you, when you think about it, like X-Men training in Majapur and then fighting ninjas, that sounds like a great issue.
1: Wow. Right right and that's why i think i struggled to give it a three because i wanted it to, to be better than it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like I'm, I'm on board with the ideas i just it just didn't quite happen um
0: yeah exactly
1: all right well real quick let's talk about gene gray number three there's no wolverine characters so we'll just kind of riff roar through this It's written by dennis hopeless art by victor Ibanez. There's some layouts by Al Barrio Nuevo. Colors by J. David Ramos and Dono Sanchez Amara. Letters by VCs Travis Lanham. And the cover is by David Yarden. And I absolutely love this cover. Yeah, uh, too. Man, it's just, it's, it's like of the books we're talking about on this episode, it's the best cover. By For far. sure. Yeah. And it's basically Young Jean and some X-Men scuba gear being attacked by a really awesome-looking sea monster, and then kind of Namor swimming up. I will, again, not to sound like a broken record, these white triangles covering up what look like great, yeah. great parts of the art are really starting to piss me off.
0: It's ridiculous. It's still, like, we're covering up two corners. We're covering up, like, an eighth of the book here with these unnecessary <laughs> X's and, and triangles
1: <laughs> right but but now yardan yardan really really delivers um and i guess i mean he's the only credit so i guess he did the colors on it too it just it looks just fantastic
0: oh yeah this is great example of like pencils ink colors all like on board going in the same direction knowing what they're doing right and like the the facial expression of gene as she's being, like, grabbed by this underwater monster is perfect. hmm And she doesn't look like super sexy Jean or, like, naive, big eyes, like, little girl Jean. She looks like, you know, teenager Jean who's actually, like, scared that this monster's going to eat her.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so, just general gist, Jean is looking for a former host of the Phoenix. She feels like that Neymar had come out of the Phoenix situation unscathed so she's going to try to figure out what he did um there's some really nice banter between them of Neymar just being ho- hopeless as Neymar just feels really true i really enjoyed right. that and a lot of back and forth as they fight this sea monster uh he eventually says well come look inside my mind and gene sees that the phoenix is always right there kind of nipping at his heels and so she gets discouraged that well I guess no one really did beat it, but then somehow he gets paralyzed and she has to fight off the sea monster which she couldn't do by herself before, and she's just really badass in this book, Um yeah. and she kind of realizes well maybe I or I actually Neymar helps her realize maybe I can like meet the phoenix and his idea is don't wait for it to come to you go to it which. Sounds like exactly like something Neymar would say, right? Like he's right. not the. I'm gonna sit here and wait for fights. I'm gonna go find the trouble and and take care of it. <laughs> know, dude. And so that's his advice, and she sounds like she may go follow it. And it looks like we're gonna see Thor, or actually, um, it looks like um, unworthy Thor, the next issue. And so, this book, I. I've already been a little bit surprised that I enjoyed number one and number two. I liked this book a lot, which I was really shocked.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's no secret that, like your wife, I'm not a fan of Jean Grey. Right. Um, so I, I was not going to read this at all. But it, it's really a testament to Hopeless. Like Yes. Just a great writer. He nails both of these characters. Um, and he was writing Spider Woman before this, right? Yes. Which was also, like, amazing. Oh,
1: one of the best books at the time, yeah.
0: Right. So, like, I just want more hopeless on, on my ex stuff. That, yeah.
1: Uh, and you'll be pleased to know, if, you're not, if you haven't been reading the last couple of issues of Doctor Strange, it looks like he may be bringing Spider-Woman as a supporting cast into that book.
0: Oh, is he taking over Doctor Strange?
1: Yep, yeah, yeah, he took it over. And I really like the new artist oh. on it, too. Uh, something Henrician, or Henrician, maybe?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I I was worried when I heard the.
1: the yeah, I was uh, too. Yeah, but but it's,
0: it's hopeless. That's I I will keep on reading because I love that Doctor Strange book.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. Well, um. Oh, before we before we get, get to dance thoughts, I also, I am I'm not too big to admit when I changed my mind. I've been very meh on Ibanez in the past. I feel like whatever happened, his work on this book, he is turning in his A-game artwork. Um, I actually really enjoyed the art quite a bit. I mean, there's some things that aren't 100% like my style, Uh quote-unquote. But still, though, I thought the art was really, really good in this book. And I feel like he's been pretty solid since this series or miniseries or whatever it ends up being started. Um, So he... And Bonnie has his won me over. He's uh, at least at least he's showing me that when he really like wants to do something, like I'm gonna like it.
0: <laughs> totally. So, I feel hmm. like as as far as the books we're covering today, artwork wise, um, this is right up there. Like the whole the whole team's in unison here. It yes. looks great.
1: Yep. Uh, the mission statement was very well dictated to the to the group. <laughs> They're all totally. all headed in the same direction. Alright, so this is what Dan had to say about Jean Grey number three. A much better outing than number two, Neymar makes for a fun guest spot. The underwater hijinks and punchy dialogue are fun, but the narrative was a bit bland for him. Um, There was a great spectacle of splash pages and expressive characters. Another character-focused book that succeeds, but he was not intrigued by the plot. But then he gave it four out of six claws. And you know, I think
0: that's, that's really fair. There's not a whole lot plot-wise that no. really neat. But it's, a, like you said, it's a character piece. And sometimes that's even more enjoyable than watching a story happen, you know? Right. What, what would you rate the book? Uh,
1: I was on the fence between a four and a five. Um, I think just because of how pleasantly surprised I've been, I'll go ahead and bump it up to five out of six claws.
0: I'm going to agree with you. And for the same reason, I was not looking forward to reading about Jean Grey. There was no like I didn't I'm not a big Neymar fan either, but this was done so well. Yeah, it's hard not to give it praise. Five out of six.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And we did not plan this or I didn't I didn't explicitly instruct anyone to do or not do this. But we uh, all three skipped out on Cable Number Two, <laughs> so, um, so if you want to hear reviews on that, you have to listen to somebody else's podcast, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think there's what one. We're done with Cable, and we're probably done with Gen X as well, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be up to you guys. I dropped it off my pull list, so. Um, yeah. But yeah, I actually I I picked up Cable Number Two. I had it in my in my box at the comic shop. I flipped through it and. You know, it's funny, (laughs) and if Jake is listening from from Austin Comics, which I love here in Dallas, Texas, then I apologize because I probably shouldn't ever do this. But sometimes when there's a book, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to drop it, but I'm maybe going to wait a week to drop it. Instead of giving it back to him, I'll just kind of sneak it back onto the shelf. (laughs) Wow. And that's that's what I did with number two. it's kind of disappeared out of my stack I don't know what happened to it but, uh, <laughs> anyway it just looks so boring to me and I just and number one was such a drag I just didn't I wasn't
0: what I'm, happened to number two really quickly anything
1: I don't know I didn't read it I mean I just it, it looked like he fights some more future ninjas and mm. then we meet the bad guy it looks like at the end there was a guy that looked like he was probably the bad guy um the only thing that was gonna draw me back into in this book is when we saw like the markings on the ground that looked like crop circles in issue one. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe that'll be like a celestial tie-in and maybe that'll tie back to apocalypse somehow. And if they do that, right. I might pull me back in, but this guy looks just random random future tyrant or random time traveling tyrant. And so Boring. Yeah. Been there and done that. So anyway, no cable for us this week. Though I've been seeing some high praise for him, but that's weird. I've, apparently... Well, they've, they've been
0: praising Gen X as well, right? Yeah, some
1: people. right. And by the way, if what I saw was true, and, and Andrew told me this, so if it's not true, y'all can tweet at him. But um, I'm pretty sure that Gen X is one of the books that's going to return to Legacy Numbering after the Generations event. Uh... So it's going to jump right back up to, I, I guess, probably it ended at 75 Have there been any other like minis or reboots since then i don't believe so Yeah, so will probably start in the 70s i guess or our 80s depending on when they make the switch but um yeah that's not gonna make me want it anymore though it may fool a couple people <laughs>
0: yeah i don't i don't understand the purpose of that yeah i don't
1: know all right well we have one more book to go that's X Men Gold Number Seven, Secret Empire tie-in. Just called Secret Empire Part One, uh, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Ken Lashley, colors by Frank Martin, letters by Joe Sabino. and the cover is by Lashley and David Curiel. Is uh, it? Yeah. Weird. Well, yet Who, who? Which of those names surprised you?
0: No, it's weird because he's doing the artwork inside, but the, the, the cover looks very different style-wise. You think so? Yes. It's cleaner. Uh, I would like uh, maybe – oh, boy. Sorry, my page is freezing up here. I oh. can't look at the credits again. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing whoever he's teaming up with for Inside – it looks so different, don't you think? It looks so 90s on the front cover, and in, the insides look much more modern. You think so? Yeah.
1: Okay. all right. I, I got a, a pretty strong 90s I, oh. vibe throughout, but the col- so I, I think what you're probably noticing, the big difference, is Frank Martin does a much more washed color scheme. Yes, And definitely. David Curiel is a very bright, clean guy, just almost always. And so the cover has a kind of extra curial pop to it. Right. Then we don't get on the inside,
0: which I like
1: much better. than Ollie, the cover. this is a this is a terrible comic, but you cannot grab it. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I mean, we'll see. We'll see what kind of comic it is. Um, Always <laughs> <laughs> um, very upset that you can't rip the cover off of this. Um,
0: <laughs> Just let him. <laughs>
1: I want, but let's talk about the cover. I think other than Kitty's eyes, which has that weird late 90s image eyes and all yeah. the, kind of the alien sexy girl eyes that everyone had in an image in the late 90s. Um, yeah. And then I have no idea what's going on with Logan. Yeah, right? but Everybody else kind of looks okay. Like Storm looks fine. Um I actually kinda like Colossus as compared to what we've been what we've been getting.
0: No, Colossus is for me is the only one that looks good on this cover.
1: Okay. I thought Nightcrawler, which okay. Not my favorite interpretation, but if we're uh-huh. gonna have like wild nightcrawlers, not a bad rendition. Um, but
0: all the bodies seem just like weirdly angled and proportioned and parts butting out and jutting right. back in like just, it, it screams like 90s craziness on the cover to me. That's <laughs> my thing.
1: Yeah, and then it's, of course, framed by, they're surrounded by lots of crazy guns. Oh,
0: so check this out. The other, like, awesome covers get those triangles, but but not this book.
1: And they have been. Is that a Secret Empire thing? Did that get I think the Resurrection trade dress got scratched by yeah. the Secret Empire banner. And, and yep, they benefited yep. from it. <laughs> Definitely did. Okay, Marvel, take note. This cover looks better. <laughs> All right. Well, so our X-Men teams finally start at least tangentially tying into the Secret Empire storyline, which they have been noticeably absent from. Even the book that's about the X-Men is really just an Emma Frost book so far. Um. Mm-hmm. So, so it's interesting to kind of see what happens. Of course, our characters are in Central Park, and if you've been reading Secret Empire, there's a whole black bubble of the dark force that has enveloped New York, um, or at least Manhattan, anyway. Um, so obviously it's going to affect our characters because that's where they're located. Um, so we start off, and what is obviously, before we even turn the page and realize what's going on, we know immediately this is the origin of Punisher X. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: It's even in Central Park, just like Frank Castle's family was murdered. Um, of course, these guys are murdered by Magneto, which... There better be some some specific payoff to that. To them making the choice of being Magneto as opposed to just a random evil mutant. Because he's such like a well-known figure... Right. No, I This story doesn't kind of curtail into either like a crossover with the blue team or like the X-Men team or maybe the gold team goes after Magneto even though they think he's dead at this point, I think. But um, I don't know. But there better be some kind of payoff to them making that selection and not just let's draw the most famous bad guy mutant we know. Um, which is, I have a feeling, is how it's probably going to be.
0: Unfortunately, yes. Yeah.
1: Then we switch to a classic X Men baseball game. We get some conversation. Colossus still has his scars. He can't go back to metal form. Kitty says, Oh, it's kinda of like that time when you couldn't go back to fleshy form. So more more reminiscing. Um Rachel and Kitty. Or I'm <laughs> that's, a, that's a different story. Rachel and Kurt, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's that little nude kinda budding romance of Rachel reading Nightcrawler's mind and saying, I know you're hot for me.
0: So, I've got to ask, like, I don't remember that being hinted at before from Nightcrawler's side at all.
1: I don't think so, no. Um,
0: That's just he- terrible writing.
1: <laughs> well, when's the last time anyone had anything to do with Nightcrawler? I mean...
0: Like, you got to set it up or, like, give yeah. the audience a reason to think that he might if she just like kisses out of nowhere it's like I read your mind off panel I know you like me right. it's so weird
1: yeah it's not great um then we get a very ferocious looking uh hound Rachel talking about her powers and then we see the dark force matter taking over <coughs> in New York there's a thing starting in the sky and it's spreading and I like that they consult Doctor Strange cause he's been the main yeah. character kind of taking care of this in the secret empire tie-ins uh-huh. so i like that they they kind of make that connection and i like that old man logan's response is swell <laughs> <laughs> and of course we get the uh the nice explanation that you can't even teleport out so that we know why they're not um and then what does uh anoli find
0: find some some girl with an X on her face and a gunshot to her forehead. I don't, who's Anoli? This is a new character to me.
1: I feel like she showed up in one of the all-new X-Men stories. Literally, yeah. like, what they say, here's all you need to know. Um, her name was Bellin. Jean Broder. here and left her, and that's the last time we saw her.
0: <laughs> well, not, not her. I'm talking about the, the guy in green with the X t-shirt on.
1: Well, that's a null.
0: Yeah, who is who's a null?
1: Oh, oh, he's uh, one of the um Academy X guys. He hangs out with like, Rock Slide and um, uh, like Quentin. He's all in, all in that group. He was um, he's been kind of a kind of second round character in a lot of the books since they broke up. Kind of all the kid books. Um, gotcha. So he was kind of hanging out with um. Uh, he was in Wolverine and the x men and then he was also one of the backup characters in extraordinary x men most recently so he's been he's been hanging out though I thought he like got honked up and like, I thought his power like something happened, and he was like super big now, but I guess not, oh. or they just forgot I don't know
0: <laughs> yeah i i I had no idea what was going on with this. Yeah. I mean, it was like, all right. Here's one one character, super minor character, finds this other, like, unknown person who was killed, and not supposed to care about like what happened here. Like, there's no reason for anyone to be interested in, in what's happening because of this.
1: Right. Right. And then we see Punisher X roam in the halls of the new X Institute, looking for mutants to kill. Uh, what do you think about his... I mean, his, his 90s as Duck, but what do you think of his costume design?
0: Uh, I don't know. Okay. Kind of... You know, the, the face mask reminds me a little bit of the Red Hood.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah. I I wasn't... I don't think it's terrible, but I wasn't really, like, amazed by it either.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I didn't hate it. Um, I, I think one of us later may hate it, but um, <laughs> uh, I didn't hate it, but I definitely, it's nothing special. Right. So anyway, um, and what probably makes the least sense of the book, um, while there's a serial killer running around the school, they send Logan and Storm out to help outside. Which I think Storm probably would. I think Logan would kind of hang out and And stalk the serial killer guy down, but um, we get a kind of forced reference to what uh, old man Logan did in in his past, where he killed the X Men. Um, Then he talks about quitting the team, and then in one of the most disappointing parts of the book, we get a tiny little panel of him jumping off the roof in front of the moon, which could have easily been like a really great, like full page splash. But you wanted more, yeah. Wanted more of that scene, yeah. Then he jumps down and saves an old lady. Um, I'm assuming it's Aunt May. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they fight some demons, yay, demons! Then we get a classic scene of a mob chasing Nightcrawler away because they think he's a demon too.
0: Yeah, that like we've, we've done this before. I'm sick, I don't right. need that. If, if you don't mind, we jump back for a second. We've got yeah, yeah. Um, You know Logan and Storm hanging out some more, and they, they keep doing this, which I, I like that dynamic. And yes. I think, uh, thinking back a few years ago, you and Denise really liked when he and Storm were dating.
1: Yes, yeah, I thought that was a good match. It was a good ship.
0: So, I'm wondering, in, in his past, did that happen? Did they date, do you think?
1: Man, I don't know. I guess so, because at the point... I don't that's confusing. I don't know at what point like <laughs> Sorry. No, I just I no, it's a great question. I just at what point does Secret Wars history of the character overlap the current history of the character and at what point do the timelines diverge? I mean, that's really a really tricky question. Um I feel like in this book, like maybe issue one or two, they alluded to the fact that he was a, at least aware of the relationship. Uh huh. So maybe he did. I mean, maybe that. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a great question. I don't know at what point the timelines kind of split. But.
0: But I, I missed that. I think they were. That was a good good pairing.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if he's gonna date a, like a superhero, like a. And not a non-powered normie, um, <laughs> I think storm is probably my preference right. Um, but I also really like Storm and Black Panther together, so you know, sure e- either way um, but yeah, I guess we shouldn't skip over his part of the book since this is the podcast that goes nicked so so you're you're good to draw us back, and they fight some some big nineties looking demons with actually that one demon kind of looks like strife.
0: Where, where, what page are
1: we on here? Um, where he saves the old lady, he's cutting the demon up, and he turns the page, and there's another demon coming around the corner. Right. Yeah. Right. It's kind of a a stripy design, lots of, lots of shoulder spikes and little face fins, and yeah. And then he uh he goes at it, gets cut up pretty good.
0: I do like this this like superimposed. Um, Nightcrawler page, like that, that image is really nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's the one where he's getting chased by the mob and he's yeah. he's busting out of the panels. It's yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Um, then we go back to the school, we get more. First of all, we oh, get some man. more weird Guggenheim abbreviations. So we yeah. get C and G, creepy new guy. And then uh, we get some more reference that this, um, according to Georgie, possible ultimate Green Goblin guy um, (laughs) (laughs) is not a mutant. And this guy's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to let you out because you're not a real mutant.
0: I just noticed Punisher X has eyes on his shoulder pad.
1: Uh, I don't like that. Yeah. (laughs) Like your shoulder can't look at me. What are you doing?
0: like a can can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) you ain't fooling nobody but um he's changing tactics the the purple guy he murdered is hung up on the window in a big X and our team's really getting worried and Rachel can't find him um
0: and they're not like really interested in pulling him down at all either (laughs) (laughs) no
1: (laughs) leave him here don't tell the other kids (laughs) (laughs) And then Punisher X brutally, oh by the way, in case anyone is confused, I don't know, that we, that's not his official name, that's just his podcast name. Um, <laughs> but uh, Punisher X cuts out one of eyeballs' eyes, I will say, whatever we end up saying about the art, I'm pretty sure, never mind, no, I lied, just kidding okay well we don't we don't always get multicolored eyes on eye but we we have before i think um when azrar and um uh, what color did he work with on wolverine and the x-men you know i don't remember but they gave him multicolored eyes whenever he had close-ups Like right? they'd be brown and blue um right and i like that I like that they're, when they're different colors it's kind of a a small little thing but it's cool um Alright, so then we have Rockside and Sand discover some big X-bombs and... Not to give too much away from what Dan's going to say, I, I don't really... I was glad to see Sand because I want to see more of her, right? I think she's an interesting character. I'm not crazy about the visual interpretation that we get here. Um, I I don't really... I don't know. I don't. It's kind of a hard thing to talk about, but it's weird. It seems disrespectful to me to portray a character as conservative and in a burqa and then make the burqa, like, overly (laughs) hug all of her curves.
0: Right, right, right.
1: (laughs) Like, even, like, she's got, like, you can see her boobs straight up and really, really attached to her hips. And it just seems kind of offensive to what that character would be doing um so anyway i don't know it just rubbed me the wrong way um
0: are you saying that's not how people really wear those i
1: i would right i would say in the conservative aspect of it no (laughs) like the whole idea of that is to kind of conceal like the form and save it for those you're close to right
0: so you're saying they're not like an old-timey bathing suit
1: Right, right, right. I feel like Lashley went with, like, the old school, like, um, you know, Alibaba Sinbad stories where all your Arabian people were belly dancers. <laughs> right, right, totally. And I don't think that's really what Sand is going for. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh Kitty comes and ninja kicks and saves boy, um... And, of course, we see the reveal of the face that it is a guy from the first page. No surprise there. Yeah. Uh, somehow the mask is psychic proof, but Colossus punches him, but then gets shot in the forehead. But it looks like he's turning into metal again, right?
0: Yeah, it's like, it, it's more, to me, it feel, felt like a new power is either coming or he now... Like, his regular skin is already metal hard or something? Oh, interesting. I don't know. Okay. I could look like it's transforming. It's hard to tell, really.
1: I couldn't tell from the coloring, because there's a little bit of gray on his cheek and nose. Right. I couldn't tell if that was just shadow or if that was supposed to be steel. And I also can't tell, and maybe you're right, if the black kind of Kirby Crackle is the indication of a new power or a new twist on his power or if it's just right. like if he did turn the metal that's just kind of the bullet like exploding off of his forehead.
0: Yeah I couldn't tell Yeah, and it does look a little bit like like his hair is like like slicked and, and solid so it does look like maybe just part of his head is maybe transformed
1: right yeah I don't know that's a little bit interesting
0: <laughs> yeah that was the most interesting part of the book to me was oh okay what's happening with Colossus now
1: right right Yeah, the whole Punisher X thing didn't really get me going. Well. All right, let's let Dan chime in because he had a nice little paragraph for us. Um, (laughs) X Men Gold is a secret war tie in that helps Logan have some fun lines. Aside from that, Colossus is useless because a cliffhanger demands it. Stormlight Stormlight saying my friend and asking Logan if he's alright, like she is some. Kind of one of those automatic checkout machines. <laughs> Rachel has some sort of character progression and kisses Nightcrawler, presumably because they used to hang out in Excalibur and have not upgraded the relationship to sexy yet. <laughs> <laughs> Punisher X is going to give it to you. Poor eye boy, and those random different colored mutants. <laughs> <laughs> Punisher X has bland motives and even a blander design artistically Lashley delivers angry eye and painted on dresses. So much sexy bodies, but he can't make Kitty look like a woman at the beginning. Some nice pages, but everyone looks sinister and sexy. Dust is the worst. Oh, sorry, I said sand. Dust is the right word. I'm sorry. Um, he dates the book even more than the script. Tepid at best, but we do get demon fighting Logan. So two claws out of six. So what do you think? Of, you, you said the art, looked a little more modern to you. Um, yeah, I think that's probably mostly the colors, right? Yes, definitely. Um, but thought I don't think Lashley's terrible. Um, he does, he does have some, some costume cling. Um, definitely, uh, kind of an aspect of his nineties influence. Um, you know, the costume doesn't hang off the boob and goes under the boob with you. Um, okay. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I thought it was that was fair. Fair art. Um, he does, man. He does, I didn't really notice when Dan said that. A lot of angry eyes.
0: Yep.
1: Angry eyes. <laughs> and then also, a lot of yeah. what, what would you call this style? I'm specifically looking at So the page where Rachel kisses Nightcrawler and then the bottom two panels, her eyes and her face have a distinct, almost like an animated look. What what am I thinking of?
0: I don't know.
1: Okay. I don't feel
0: like she looked like herself in this book at all.
1: No, no. So what do you think of this story? What's going on with this thing?
0: Um, I feel like an uninspired villain is attacking the X Men. Yeah. And, um, there's a couple nice pieces of artwork. I think actually Nightcrawler shines best in this book, uh, compared to everyone else, in, in the in the art department. Right. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see what will happen to Colossus, I guess. But
1: yeah,
0: I wasn't super like. Interested In this villain Or this I feel like we've had This story before again
1: <laughs> Right
0: Right And You know Mr Mr. Eyes all over my face Isn't gonna Get me to care About what happens Right I I don't know I It was It was just Kind of bland I just felt Overall it was very bland
1: I agree So where Where are you, where are you gonna Fall on it
0: Dan gave it a two Yeah yeah this is tough um what are you thinking
1: um I I again I, I feel like all these books I had a really hard time committing um I was in between a two and a three I'm maybe interested enough in Colossus to I don't know but I really didn't like lame Punisher X um but I think I like the art overall more than Dan did uh right man uh yeah I guess I'll go three out of six just to be different
0: yeah'm I'm, I'm right there with you like two to three I can I could oh boy <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with a two on this one
1: that's fair i'm and I'm almost there
0: <laughs> I feel like the artwork they're parts of it that elevate this book above what's really happening, but then there are parts of the art that don't quite get there. Right. So, it's a it's a hopeful two, that this can <laughs> be elevated <laughs> to a three.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing we will probably do this story arc, right? They've been pretty consistent on, on not switching arts in the arcs, unlike Blue. But, um, and maybe the one thing they have on Blue is that the art has been a little more consistent, if nothing else.
0: Um, right.
1: But, but yeah, yeah, it was just kind of a their book. And, you know, again, just going to recognize, apparently we are the contrarian podcast on a lot of these X-Books because I think we're kind of opposite <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people are really liking Cable and Gen X and X-Men Gold. And, you know, we're, we're more in, wow. into the weapons of mutant destruction storyline than I think some other people are as well. So, I don't know. I but, think...
0: You know, out of X books, the Iceman and um, and uh, All-New Wolverine are, are what you should be reading, right? Yes,
1: definitely. And maybe even surprise yourself with Jean Grey. And then I would, I'm still really digging the Weapon X storyline slash oh, yes. crossover. Yes, um, I forgot about that book, definitely. I'm hoping Blue can bounce back, because there's only been a couple of issues. And it's really mostly the art, so if they can mm-hmm. fix that. I mean, I'm... I'm very. I think the big difference between kind of seeing the swamp and blue and then kind of the same consistent schlock and gold is I'm just a lot more confident that Bun can bounce back because I know he's a good writer. Whereas right. I just don't. My faith in Guggenheim is I'm getting about what I'm expected, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like the quality is about what I thought it'd be from him, and um, and that's yeah, it's probably a bad thing or mean thing to say, but it's just just my taste. And his don't necessarily align, but um, but yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, Blue can bounce back to the the great book that it was. And I hope that Molina's is coming back to it pretty soon. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, that would be nice to, to have back. You know, I I messaged Guggenheim on on Twitter to ask him what's up with uh, Old Man Logan. Why doesn't he say Futzer anymore? But I didn't get a response. <laughs>
1: I need to go back and listen to, uh, to, well, what, how the danger room answered your question. I, it'll probably be a better answer than mine, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, well, cool. Well, um, Georgie, thanks so much for coming back on. Um, Oh, so much fun. Dan, we missed you, but we'll get you back next time. Um, Eh, we we will do a, what was that?
0: Yeah, we can take Dan or leave it or whatever. Yeah.
1: Uh, we love you, Dan. But um,
0: but, to to everyone out out there on on social media, if you could do me a favor and just call him Danny for the next week, he yeah, really like that.
1: Yeah, I, I heard that he loves that. Yep. <laughs> so so get on it. Um, <laughs> I mean, speaking of Twitter, you can follow Dan at uh, at gizmo fifteen eleven eighty three or the Intercomics podcast at Intercomics Pod. Rightness, get the right handle for them. think so i think so yeah um and of course what's your twitter georgie
0: i'm at la boy toy so come on out to la well we'll do some things have some fun
1: right have some boy toys
0: um yeah
1: and my ties boy toys and my ties
0: (laughs) we'll (laughs) have a few laughs
1: right and of course for the podcast to go snicked twitter is at Snickcast. you may like the facebook page um and if you want show notes and stuff, that's nickcast.podbean.com Um, next up will be a flashback on and, uh, well, we'll see what kind of Marvel Comics present story. Uh, <laughs> and then um, the next Resurrection episode will also be a two-week chunk as we, uh, carve out some time for my family vacation. But, um, we'll be back in a couple weeks with hopefully all the guys and, um, yeah, so until then, hugs and snicks everybody. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. And snacked.